1: Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Gonna be a little bit of a sad episode, maybe that's not the best word, but we got some injury news today during Heim Bloom's press conference with the media Chris Sale stress fracture to his right rib cage that was sustained during a live batting practice session which took place at kind of like a, a private camp that Chris Sale had set up with some other Red Sox Uh, players it was kind of one of those underground camps during the lockout players are allowed to talk to each other but coaches and and front office people couldn't talk to the players so they took it upon themselves to to have their own little camp get ramped up and stress fracture to his ribs so with me tonight charlie smith two of us are going to tag team this episode we'll also get into some freddie freeman talk we have some hot takes, which were submitted on the Bastards of Boston Twitter account, which you can find on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. Charlie, how are you?
0: I'm good, bud. You know, I feel like every day I wake up and I just do go about my day and I'm like, all right, got to get ready for the show tonight. That's kind of been like my week. I feel like you and I have done this three or four times this week. It's, it's been good. But unfortunately, the news, like you mentioned, hasn't been so grand. And uh, Chris Sale, um, unfortunately, is out. And uh, the, the typical injury for something like this is going to be six to eight weeks before he can, you know, as you've mentioned, you know, start to ramp back up and whatnot. Uh, the live batting session uh, that he did do was on Instagram, and he posted that February 24th. So six to eight weeks after that, we're three weeks down. Worst case scenario, five weeks of total heal time before he's he begins like ramping back up and whatnot, we're definitely not going to be there for the for the opening bell for uh the beginning of the season. so the question is how bad was it, and how long is it going to take before he's back up to normal? I think we're probably looking at two and a half months before we see him from now.
1: Well, you figure eight weeks is from february 24 so he'll start throwing again the last week of april and then you figure probably two or three weeks to get ramped up you're looking at mid to late march before he's pitching off the mountain Fenway. uh april, oh, i'm may. sorry i meant yeah. may i got my m yeah. months mixed yeah. up so yeah mid, mid to late may is, is probably the earliest we can expect
0: And what's crazy about that is depending on what happens with uh, the Red Sox in the first month of the season, uh, we're already in trouble. And we've got several players that aren't vaccinated, which is going to prevent them from being able to play at certain stadiums. So there's a very good chance that when Chris Sale comes back, our season may to some degree already be decided, uh, (laughs) which is sad to say already this early. But I'm starting to get like, hints of, of that shortened season where I called 23 and it's starting to, it's starting to look that way. Now the the good thing is Chris sale will be back, but I mean, Oh boy, you know, Chris sale and native Aldi, both they're just one sneeze away from being on the disabled or the injury (laughs) list for like two months, you know, Um, or if they fart the wrong way,
1: (laughs) you know, just,
0: just anything. And it's, it's tragic. Um, but this is the guy I want to see pitching every five games, and it, it hurts to see him not play. Um, so I'm looking forward to him making a, a full recovery, and when he's back out you know, uh, in, in May, like you mentioned, Terry, uh, I'll be, I'll be really excited.
1: We were talking the other, I think it was the very last episode, about how he wasn't vaccinated, and we're looking at the schedule, and we've got one at Toronto Series in April, and then the second one wasn't until late June, So I wasn't worried about it because similarly, like you just said, our season could be over by then if the stars don't align, you know, if, if we don't have enough offense, which we both believe we don't that bullpen, we don't know what that bullpen is right now. (laughs) It it certainly looks like they're done adding to it. And, and you got a bunch of wild cards in your starting rotation. So, uh, so now our biggest concern isn't even the vaccines with him. It's, it's the injuries and, Side note with the with the vaccine topic, Xander Bogarts has been vaccinated. He got his over the winter. Christian Arroyo as well. So the only one I'm not clear about right now is JD Martinez. I I don't know if he does or he doesn't. But uh, we'll we'll get into him later. JD is going to be a topic. Uh, I'm going to kind of insert into another topic. So, um, but with, with Chris Sale. Before we move on, I just want to say this whole extension contract, I don't blame Dombrowski for trading for him. I'll never blame him for that. And the World Series that we won with Chris Sale was under his previous deal that was signed with the White Sox. The extension that was signed a few months after the World Series, that is coming back to haunt us. And Sale had a ton of red flags, which I've covered ad nauseum over the last couple of years. I, and even before that was even signed, I I had my concerns and that extension is, is haunting us right now. You had the Tommy John. Now you get the, the stress fracture. This is the third straight opening day. Chris sale won't be on your active roster. What's uh, what's insane
0: is Dombrowski, is either the GM of the team that's losing a player that gets a contract before pitching a day in Boston, or he is the GM who ends up, as you mentioned, uh, almost jumping the gun. And there were quite a few players that um, we gave kind of like thank you contracts out to. Chris Sale wasn't going to sign something for less than five years. And I don't think that Dave Dombrowski wanted to risk Chris Sale wearing pinstripes or seeing him wear another uniform in the AL East. Um, I just think about what our team would look like without Chris Sale. And to some degree, if we didn't have Chris Sale for two years, I mean, what would it look like? It wouldn't look very different because Chris Sale didn't pitch a couple of years ago because he's recovering. Uh, came back for only a, a, a little bit of, of time now. Uh, last year and here we go with um, here we go with a, a short start for him now we're, we're going to have to wait um, to see him come out so 30 million dollars this year 27 and a half each of the next two seasons there's a club option in 2025 I'm pretty sure that's not getting picked up uh, you know unless like barring a miracle but I still I don't know I don't know where I don't know what i bloom is thinking right now I just don't know what direction he's thinking um, I don't know. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty wild, um. In the next couple of uh, weeks, it hurts. It, it it just really hurts.
1: Nathan Avaldi has been named the opening day starter, so that's not a mystery. Nick Pavetta, your number two for the time being. And Rich Hill, I'm assuming, will be stretched out enough to go at least four or five innings. He's your number three. And then after that, it gets tricky because during Bloom's press conference today, it was a little unclear if Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock would be stretched out enough to actually be starters. I got the impression that the plan and the timetables were more pointing towards long relief. So I don't know how short we are. I don't know what Michael Walker's status is. I mean, excuse me. He's been a starter his whole career. So it's uh, the back end of the rotation is very much uh, open to interpretation right now.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Everything was, uh, you know, kind of lined up. Everything did look good. You had Sale, Avaldi, Uh, Hill would have been after Pavetta, so it would have been Pavetta, Hill, and then um, Tanner Houck. Now everyone slides up one, and you go from a, okay, we're going to do our best to, this is not a good rotation. When Nick Pavetta's your two, which Nick Pavetta are you getting? Rich Hill, I'm also kind of curious to see what's going to happen. Tanner Houck, I have faith in. Like, I've been saying that Tanner Houck eventually is going to be a solid three. Uh, minimum for our club in the future. He just needs to to get it figured out. He already has shown that he he can do it. Uh, it's just that level of consistency that needs to come out. Waka eventually is going to f- he's going to have to figure himself into that uh, rotation. We know Paxton's not back yet, and Garrett Whitlock may find himself doing a couple of spot starts, maybe some some four inning jobs or five inning jobs, and we'll just figure it out from there. Just a you know bullpen game for the lack of a better term. But if Garrett Whitlock takes the five slot. Who's taking Garrett Whitlock's role?
1: Who do you trust in that spot? I don't know. You look at that whole bullpen, you don't know if you have an eighth or a ninth in a guy. You don't know. It's a complete wild card. So I don't hate the idea of Whitlock becoming a starter if he's going to be a quality one, but hopefully... There's so many unknowns this year and it's crazy that it's the second year in a row for the Boston Red Sox that all the question marks, we're not, we're not sure of of that. So question, it just kind of came to my mind as you were doing your breakdown, who do you think will get the most quality innings out of as a starter, Rich Hill or Nick Pavetta?
0: Pavetta. You think so? I think it's going to be Pavetta, yep. Because Rich Hill, oh, I mean, God bless this man. Like, he wants to play baseball. The guy's 42 years old. <laughs> and you know that he's going to spend at least one or two stints on the IL. I don't think he's pitched a full season in, I don't even know, five, six years maybe. I've got it up It was, right it now. was in LA. It was in LA. He did. He did decent one year in LA.
1: Actually... One hundred and fifty-eight innings in twenty twenty-one.
0: A hundred and how many? A hundred
1: and fifty-eight. Uh, not a great year, though. Oh wait a minute, I'm not navigating properly. Did he play? Then I completely. Uh, well,
0: he got, missed him being completely relevant. Then.
1: Well, he started in Tampa Bay. We faced right. him at least a couple of times. Then he got traded to the Mets. So he actually had a 386 ERA. He's coming off a pretty good season. And I
0: misspoke. I thought he was uh, on the IL for a period last year. Maybe, Maybe I'm thinking of 2020 or 2019 then, because I remember seeing his name go up on the list where he got shut down yeah
1: twenty nineteen only fifty eight innings so he did exactly a hundred more than that uh in okay
0: that's what i'm mixing up then that's my fault my apologies
1: yeah thirty eight innings in twenty twenty i don't know if that's normal or not because it it was you know only two months but um yeah and then a hundred and thirty two in twenty eighteen hundred and thirty five the one bugaboo with him other than the tommy john surgery he had Uh, has been Mm -hmm. blister issues because he's such a heavy curveball guy. So we don't want to be seeing any of that. But honestly, if he's going to give you 150 or so innings, I'm going to say his numbers will be better than Nick Pavettis. I just don't trust the lack of consistency out of Pavetta. Now I hope I'm wrong because if I'm wrong, okay. Hill might still have a decent year and if Pavetta has a really good year, maybe this maybe this rotation's going to work out better than I think. But Right. Yeah, and I love Rich Hill. I I would just love him if we had a few more reliable guys in front of him. Is you know, right. is what I I the, would love the most, but Pavetta Pavetta actually did, um, he
0: did all right for us down the stretch. We just couldn't hit for him. We couldn't get any runs. Um, I don't remember him really getting any support, but he had some good games for us last year. Um, quality starts and he didn't get, he didn't get any love. Like I remember he, he one hit Toronto and he didn't get the win and he struck out six or seven guys. And then the next day, he uh, or the next game, it was against New York. It was another division, it was like back-to-back division games, where I I was actually really impressed. And uh, when I'm looking back, I think it was it was either the Yankees or the Blue. J- it was one of the division opponents. Um, but he ended up going really far again and did a really good job. And I think that if he can do that again. I, I do feel that Pavetta is going to throw more innings. I really do because if he can build on what he did last year, that's going to be incredible. Now, the drawback is that he's going to have a little bit more pressure on him this year because if he's going to be assuming the two hole as opposed to the three, which will be would be a little bit more comfortable, um, I, I expect there to be a little bit more pressure. He probably will. He's definitely going to face tougher tougher competition. You know, uh, that, that's a big ask. That's like I, I don't know what's a bigger ask. Three to two or or two going to one because I think they're both pretty sizable jumps
1: well he got off to that hot start for like two and a half months and I kind of felt like he was kind of getting away with some stuff like it, we we're just waiting for the ceiling to collapse and then it kind of did And July and August weren't very good to him and then believe it or not we went to the Evoldi Garrett Cole game you and I at Fenway against the right. Yankees the very next night, I, I was back in Fenway, and it was Pavetta. I forget who his opponent was, but they lost that game. The Red Sox, yeah, they got swept that whole series. But right. Pavetta pitched a gem for six innings, if you can call that a gem. I think that is a gem in twenty, you know, post twenty twenty. But True. but. I I went into that game thinking, man, we're gonna get crushed. We are gonna get crushed. And I I went with my friend right. Andy that night. So shout out to him if he's listening. Um, he he does frequently, but um, but pleasantly surprised. And we were winning until I think it was Darwin's and Hernandez gave up that grand slam to Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was that game. And then and then yes. We, and then ironically, right after that comes. Sweet Caroline. So, yeah, everybody was so into it. But, uh, right, right. Yeah. By the time that happened in our game, we were already, we had already surrendered. We were just, Uh, we we were third inning. We surrendered.
0: (laughs) I remember they lost because you told me that when you went to that game, they, they, I remember that you'd gone to two straight losses against the Yankees. Like that was, uh, that's all I remember. I just couldn't remember what the facts were. Um, but Pavetta pitching well against, again, another divisional opponent. You know, you said he went six innings. I, I, I don't remember how far he went, um, but if they were winning, that means he was he probably only allowed one, maybe two runs. Yeah. And and it's the Yankees. Right. They're, they're not something to, to, to frown at. That's going to be a team that just added the likes of Anthony Rizzo. I, I think it, <laughs> they're, they're going to be fine. Yankees are going to be okay. I, I, you look at the lineups for the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Yankees retained Rizzo, so they have that back. The Red Sox not only lost Kyle Schwarber, we didn't. Eat, we lost. We traded Renfro. Hunter Renfro turned to Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> Negative and value. And you lost Kyle Schwarber. You lost that move, and then you lost Schwarber on top of that. Your your offense has gotten weaker.
1: That's not like an if. That's a statement of fact. Absolutely. And I guess with Pavetta, we just have to hope that whatever he figured out those last couple of weeks of the season, into the postseason, that he he's going to carry it into 2022. Hopefully, there was a light bulb in there, and whatever he figured out is going to get him off to a good start. And maybe I wouldn't call 2021 a breakout year for him. It was the best year of his career, but. He's still at an ERA north of four and hopefully 2022 is truly the breakout year that we're all hoping for. But you mentioned Anthony Rizzo. He did sign a two year deal with the Yankees last night. It's worth 32 million. So 16 million per year. I believe it does have an opt out after the first year, but there was a significant detail that was uh, talked about. I don't know if it was Heyman or one of the other big national writers, but apparently the Yankees tried very hard for Freddie Freeman and really pursued him. But that particular writer said, it just seemed like Freeman didn't want to go to New York. And that's what it came down to. So, This is the rumor that won't die with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in on Freddie Freeman. We covered a lot of it in the last episode. Doesn't make a ton of sense because we're so lefty heavy. And then what do you do with Dahlbeck and possibly Casas, who is expected to debut this year? It's just, it's a wonky fit. So (sighs) it's... The Red Sox are apparently in on him. So is Tampa. So are the Dodgers. So are the Padres. If the Red Sox get Freddie Freeman, let's say this is legit. It's still a tough sell to me. But until he signs, we have to assume we're still in it because it keeps popping up. The the beat writers keep saying we're in it. How do you make it fit? Like is Dahlbeck definitely traded? At that point,
0: I mean, absolutely got to hope that he gets packaged with something to bring something back. I mean, preferably uh, a more consistent bat, someone that can get on base. Um, if you're able to land Freddie Freeman, you can rest Casas. Like Tristan Casas can relax for the whole year. Like he's not going to be rushed up in any way, shape, or form. If he needs to take an extra, like two months, that's totally okay. I want Freddie Freeman not because I don't want to see Tristan Casas up. I want Freddie Freeman because I don't want to see Bobby Dahlbeck in the lineup. I'm, <laughs> I'm over Bobby Dahlbeck. I really am. And it's, it's nothing against him. I'm sure he's a fine person. But there were painful stretches when him and Franchi Cordero back-to-back. Back, and it was just infuriating to be able to say, yep, it's probably going to be strikeout, strikeout, or groundout, strikeout, strikeout, groundout. One of those three combinations. And what sucked is that 7 out of 10 times, you were probably right. Even if you weren't a baseball person or a Red Sox person, you could probably call it. Just by the demeanor that they had when they were up at the dish, they just—they didn't look like they wanted to be there. They didn't look like they were having any fun. And I think that they needed a little bit more time. It's almost like they need a little bit more seasoning. Freddie Freeman would make this team immensely better. Unfortunately, it's just not a move that I feel that the, the Red Sox brass is going to make. I mean, we trade Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley, took on the contract in a couple of picks. We're in the picks department. Like, we're going that direction. We're trying to to plan for, like, 2026 is what it feels like. It doesn't feel like we're going win now. It doesn't feel like we're trying to give our fan base a a proper product. It's it's just a, we're going to try to put pieces together. Some, some We'll do our best. The signings that we've made are very... Underwhelming. No offense, but I'm not blown away by any of the picks or, or moves that have been made. There are other teams that are are making some moves. The Toronto Blue Jays, not messing around. Philadelphia Phillies, not messing around. The Colorado Rockies today, not messing around. The Braves, they didn't even want, they didn't get Freeman back. They're not messing around. There are some teams that are paying to play. Red Sox are just watching. That's what it feels like.
1: And did you mention the Blue Jays with Chapman? I, I don't know if
0: I... Blue Jays are are they're play they're paying to the play yeah they're making some moves they just became the uh, the unanimous like front runner in the AL like before if it was a question mark that just sealed the deal.
1: I'm you sending have them, Chapman. I'm sending them to the World Series. <laughs> I'm saying yeah, it right now.
0: They're incredible. Yeah. They are absolutely incredible. And if Freddie Freeman manages to find his way in Toronto too. Dude, I'm putting them there.
1: I think the Chapman move, Matt Chapman, I think that kind of takes him out because that'll put him at third, and then Vladdy goes back to first.
0: Or Vladdy goes to DH.
1: Or to DH, maybe. I I kind of think Toronto's a little bit more of a dark horse now, but I, I could be wrong. Their payroll would be you're, the biggest. You're probably right. Their payroll would be the biggest it's ever been, let's put it that way. And George Springer's yep. deal, which was only six years, I think, what, 150 million? That was the biggest contract they had ever handed out.
0: I think so, it was six for one hundred and fifty.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah, and so we'll we'll see. But he- Heim, Bloom, and Alex Cora have both said m- multiple times in the last couple of days we can't worry about what other teams are doing. We have to focus on what we're doing. They've both said that, and their own ways in the the last few days. And then another quote I've seen Bloom say twice this week that sometimes it's not about making the splashy moves. And so uh, that type of rhetoric just kind of steers me away from the likelihood of this Freddie Freeman possibility being realistic. And why is he going to pinch all of his pennies in every other area of the team to sign a guy to a semi-long-term deal, at least five or six years. That's going to be 33 in September. And Freddie Freeman might be one of those Tory Hunter-type guys, albeit an infielder, that's just phenomenal throughout his 30s. But uh, his this is what tantalizes me so much. I'm a big OBP guy. I don't get into the analytics. I don't mind listening to other people get into it, but it's not, it's, it's not my forte. But... For the last six straight seasons, his OBP has been 388 or higher, and it's been above four at least a couple times. Just absolutely insane. So I, I hope we get him. Here's another scenario to consider before we do move on. We're we're worried about the payroll. We're at roughly two hundred and seven million right now. That's where the team payroll sits. The the luxury tax threshold is two hundred and thirty. So you get twenty three million to to play with. I'm gonna boldly assume Freeman's gonna cost more than that. Right. So you're what what if and this might help a little bit. I think it's an extreme long shot and it's very hypothetical. What if we sign Freddie Freeman and then trade J.D. Martinez to free up the money? What that does is now Dahlbeck or Devers can go back and forth between third base and D.H. However, Cora wants to stagger it. If Casas is ready, he comes up as a D.H. I'm going to boldly assume Freeman's going to want to play first base as much as possible because he just that's how he looks at himself. And if that's what he wants, that's what he's going to get. But right. But that's the one way you can make it all fit. And what you could do is, if you do trade JD, that brings you back down to 187. So give Freeman 30. Now you're at 217. How much would it cost to get Jorge Soler in addition? And then fill your outfield void.
0: Soler, I have to look at what Jorge Soler made last year because I don't remember...
1: It's going to be a lot more this year because he had right around 30 bombs and he was the World Series MVP.
0: Yeah, he went off. He 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 most certainly went off. So uh, he made eight million last year. Whew, that's it. Eight million. So wow. you figure
1: 12 to 15 probably this year.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, to to make it work. There there would have to be a lot of shuffling. I mean, you can get rid of. J.D. Vasquez, he's worth a little over six million. Maybe you sh- shed some there, but it's a it's a fascinating case. But if he gets an eight year deal with the Dodgers, we're just gonna slap our foreheads and be you like, already, ah, "You already we know." Were, we were never in it. <laughs> I, I no
0: exactly, and and uh, there was one rumor that said that the. The Dodgers offered five years and the Rays offered six. If I'm Freddie Freeman, I'm not going to Tampa Bay. I want to actually have fans in the stands. So that's out. Uh, I don't care if they give me more money. Um, I think Dodgers honestly are, are the team that make the most sense. I feel that even if the Red Sox offered him an additional year with more money, he'd probably still go back to L.A. L.A. is a better team. They are willing to pay to
1: get the players they want. I agree exactly. that they're the front runner, but one thing another national writer, I better get you know better at remembering who they are but one of the the big national guys pointed out California has a state income tax of twelve percent, and that's just the state income tax. Florida has no income tax at all, so that's why the the Tampa Stuff won't die. So, Tampa plays 162 games.
0: Then that's it. The Dodgers know they're going to the playoffs, so they get to play 170, 175. Freddie Freeman has a chance to be an NLDS MVP, an NLCS MVP, a World Series MVP each year of that contract. Freddie Freeman won't go to the playoffs one year and advance past the ALDS as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. It just won't happen. Probably The same not. thing was said when the Rays were trying to get Max Scherzer. It didn't happen. Max Scherzer opted to go to New York and make more money, a little bit more money, where there is an income tax, but still because the Mets will pay
1: to play. That's it. I I can't disagree. I can't disagree at all. Side note, apparently Tampa is shopping Austin Meadows. So he could be dealt from Tampa, which Would is not surprise me. That's a Tampa move. If I'm Freddie Freeman, I'm like, well, I, I kind of like Austin Meadows and I want him batting near right, right you know, so right. Uh just another side note, it's on Twitter right now. John Heyman says the Tigers and Twins are among many teams trying to land either two of the available Oakland A starters, Sean Mania, or Frankie Montas. Now Mania's his uh splits and all the fancy metrics don't look good. Um, you know, spin rate, all that um hard hit balls against him uh so i wouldn't i wouldn't look at him as a red sox target uh frankie montas not another sexy name but the twins and tigers are are said to to be in on both of them Mets got bassett so they got the they got the ace of their staff gave up a nice little package right. for it but uh just looking uh yeah so nothing do you know what i'm shocked about what are you shocked about? i am I'm shocked that
0: Wander Franco signed that mega deal in Tampa Bay and for less than 200 mil. His deal was like 10, 10 and 180 or 11 180, something like that. It was just way underpaid, way underpaid. and he signed 20 20 years old. this kid's he's a kid and um he signed a mega deal. I would have waited.
1: Does he have opt-outs in there? I think he does. I don't know. I'll I'll look
0: at it. I just remember that was announced. Wander Franco contract. 182 million, 11 years. There it is. Uh, Includes a club option in 2033. Let me see if there's opt-outs.
1: Yeah, I'm scouring it, too. Oh,
0: worth up to 223, excuse me, if he's got uh, the club option and incentives that get reached.
1: That's not a terrible deal, though. I thought you know what's a terrible deal? Eight years at a hundred million for Ronald Acuna. Now he just did tears. Oh, that was that
0: was. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> that's. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at his, because I don't know what, what his arbitration years are.
1: Well, those are bought up at this point because of the right. Contract. They're bought up,
0: but he. Yeah, but he could have cashed in on those, and then waited to sign the mega contract because you know his average was probably going to be between fifteen and twenty the first couple of years and then go from 20 to 25 for the next two to three and 25 to 30. I think he shorted himself probably 20 to 30 million.
1: Here's another key detail. The contract does not include a no trade clause. So how many of those years is he going to be playing in Tampa? I
0: don't know. I don't know, but he's, his average is about 20. What was it? 182 divided by 11. It's averaging sixteen and a half million, and with the incentives and the club option, it brings up twenty-one average annual value. That's it. I think he 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 gave him a, a little bit of a discount there. He's set for life, though. He doesn't have, he doesn't have to worry about anything.
1: It seems like Tampa really thinks they're going to be able to compete for a long time. Because why would they be in on Freeman if they didn't think so? It just seems like Freeman and
0: Franca would be interesting.
1: Yeah, it just seems like they have this window where. They're just going to just kind of ride it out. Maybe they can build something of a fan base on their current trajectory because they've been a playoff team for they went to the World Series in 2020, albeit, uh, you know, a shortened season. I, I think they very well could have anyway. And I think they're going to be relevant for a while. I really do. I think they're going to be in the thick of it. And Toronto's got their window right now they're pitching windows like four or five years, but with Guerrero and Bichette, it's a little shorter. I, I don't think they're going to be able to extend him, but could be wrong. I'm not seeing any opt outs from Franco. So he's going to have to play that whole thing out. Maybe he he'll have some leverage in this age, 28, 29 season or whatever to, to get that big extension. But, but that's uh, somewhat of a team friendly deal, but, I mean, he's going to make realistically over 200 something million. So, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a good career.
0: Yeah. I don't see anything in there. He's got a couple of signing bonuses in there. Escalators were kicked in for MVP votes. If he does get traded before April 2nd of 2029, he gets $3 million, 2 million on the day and after and at the signing of his deal, the eleven one eighty two, it was the largest ever deal for a player with less than one year of major league service and largest contract in club history.
1: And Tampa gave it to okay. him.
0: <laughs> and Tampa was the team that did it. Yeah. That's pretty wild.
1: They did give Justin Longoria a big deal. Not, not that big, but he got a nice uh, extension when he was there. Right. I think he's still playing off of it right now in uh, San Francisco, but... Wow, so I uh, w- we're going to do this twice a month during the regular season on Hot Take Tuesday. So we're we're going to allow the the followers on Twitter. So if you do follow us, and again, our handle is at Bastards underscore Boston. Uh, when we put the Hot Take Tuesday thread up, which usually gets posted on Sunday or or even Saturday beforehand. Um, you can submit them. We'll read them right here on the show. So let's get into some of the ones the uh, the listeners um, have given us. Jason Weil, I think is how he pronounced it. My apologies if I if I botched it. He asks, by the end of the season, how will be the Red Sox ace? And then he says, Chris Sale, who? So is Hauk going to be the, the ace of the Red Sox? Oh, you're on mute, buddy.
0: I always do that. I'm so used That's to muting okay. myself after I'm done talking. Just It's good practice, but bad practice when you forget to unmute. <laughs> uh, I'll say this much. I don't think he's going to be the ace. I think that this is someone who is going to be a formidable three in your rotation. Um I don't think anybody's going to say Chris Sale who, but I, I think it's cute to, to think that. I mean, I appreciate the, you know, the, the sentiment of having that support and fire behind uh, one of your young gunners. Um, but uh, that's a, that's a bold take. If, if you're going to, you know, put money on that. I mean, I'll say this much. I put my, put my money on Corbin Burns being the NL uh, Cy Young. I don't feel the same way about Tanner Houck being that, that clout right there. Not right now.
1: Got it. All right. I would not be shocked because I think that slider's nasty, decent fastball. It just depends on the third pitch, but I think he's a number two. I think he can get that high. And would I be shocked? I mean, Chris sale was thought to be a reliever when he came up, when he got called up, they weren't planning on using him as a starter. And then look what happened. Some historic stuff. So, I, sure. I, I wouldn't be shocked, but uh, I de- I think if Sale was healthy, I don't think how having a better year than Sale would necessarily be a hot take, because Sale can't get guys out, and he's usually his pitch count is in the 80s or 90s by the fourth or fifth inning, and mm-hmm. his two out pitches, one is a slider down and away, which he still throws and still gets outs on, his second out pitch was his fastball up and away. Now, the league figured out in 2018 that that wasn't a strike. Typically, his fastball up and away, so they stopped swinging at it. So then the walk rate goes up. Postseason numbers have been in the toilet his whole career. So the hope for me was Chris Sale kind of reinvents himself a little, comes up with another pitch to get guys out, and hopefully that'll happen. And if we got two aces named Sale and Houck, the better I'll off the better off we'll be uh, Patriots 300 level podcast. So they got their own. I'll say it one more time for them: Patriots 300 level podcast says Red Sox will finish under 500 this year with 79 wins. Uh,
0: I think 79 is generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, they're definitely going to finish under 500 this year. Um we're already starting with, uh, you know, you can't play poker with 38 cards. It doesn't work. You can't do it. And that's what the Red Sox are trying to do for the month of April. We're, we're, we're going to be out one starter. Um, we're going to be out uh, several players potentially based on, um, uh, you know, non-vaccination, vaccination status. So, Patriots 300 level podcast, I'll, I'll say your your podcast name too. Um, I'm unsure if you are a guy or a gal. Uh, I think 79 is being a little generous. Uh, Terry, what's your take on that one?
1: I don't know where I'm at yet, but I will say I don't see a scenario in which I'm going to give them 90. I'm still kind of waiting to see what, what happens. So I think we're going to be in the 80s. I'm not sure if that's going to be good enough with a sixth team. And really, if we do nothing, I'm then um, I'm flirting with negative, you know, under 500. So I I don't know where where I'm at just yet, but um, I don't think I I don't think our Patriot podcaster amigo uh, is um, is being completely unrational, you know, being under 500 because it it could happen. Could could I challenge
0: you on on this for a second? If, if, uh, if high and bloom decides to change up the game and not go after any crazy free agents, uh, what would you say the Red Sox would get right now? Assuming there's no extra moves,
1: if there's no what, other what, moves, what you, oh, you, man, no other moves, probably under to 500. 74? I would go under 500 yeah. with no more. Yeah, I'm, I'm at under 500 right now, yep, because I mean, you need, like we said earlier hill to have a a quality year you need pavetta to have the best year of his career you're gonna need probably a guy like casas to definitely get called up and definitely make an impact so there there's just so many things in the bullpen i'm just i don't know what that thing is right now but we'll see but i i i don't blame you for for being where you're at Next one we've kind of covered this so we won't spend a ton of time on it. Ryan Gross asks or says sign Freeman ditch JD promote Casas. So that's along one of the scenarios we gave just a few minutes ago.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good take and uh you know not no need to go into it not to take any uh thing away from that point but we did touch up on that. Uh I think in in a situation where that happens it would be precisely what you said it, it would be a, a freeman coming in jd would have to move um but if jd were to stay and freddie stays freddie joins mm-hmm. uh Cassis doesn't have to be rushed he can he can take his time in triple a yeah
1: drew this is a tough one uh, mm-hmm. i'm just guessing drew call clow along the same lines freddie would be a bad signing for the Sox. With Dahlbeck and Casas, we've kind of gone over that one. Um, right. So, Bobo Head, love the name, on Twitter says, I think Freeman is mulling over retirement. <laughs> I think we can... I think that's easy
0: to say. That's not happening. <laughs> that
1: That's too hot. Too hot for us to handle. G. Witty's Burner on Twitter says... Freddie Freeman rumors are actually just a smokescreen and hype to get the asking price up. Red Sox swoop in and grab Correa with everyone on Freddie eight years, 242 million Correa to Boston. No nope. scorching hot take.
0: That is not happening because Red Sox fans are true baseball fans and baseball fans do not want someone like Carlos Curry on their team. Yeah. Not it, happening.
1: It, all signs are pointing to the Astros. We don't know what type of deal. Yeah. It could be a funky early opt-out Scott Boris looking contract. Re-enter the yep. market next year. Um, but it was uncovered on Twitter today that the Baltimore Orioles offered him a contract near $300 million. And apparently, Correa doesn't seem to want to go there. It's worth noting, because to some people that's going to sound insane, but what makes it believable to me is that most of their front office, which has only been in place for three or four years now, most of those guys did come from Houston. So there's a ton of familiarity with Correa. So we'll we'll see if how that whole saga plays out, but Charlie and you, I agree. Do you, know, do you know why that's so magical? Why is that? Is that he got offered 25
0: million less than Corey Seeger. I find that to be just special.
1: And I've been a big, uh, you know, critic of maybe critics, not the right word. I've been, I've been a big skeptic on Correa's ability to stay healthy and, what his thirties might look like and Seager can't stay healthy in his twenties. So I think right. that's going to be the worst contract of the two, to be honest with Seager, but, but keep, keep, keep me away from Korea. Charlie and I were just not on that parade. I'm skipping nope. some of no, these cause you. I'm just trying to get the Freeman ones out of the way. Um, the Mr. Mako on Twitter says Freddie Freeman wanted more than the Braves were willing to pay, so they went with a cheaper cheaper option. That's that's not a hot take, that's a fact. So
0: that's uh yeah, that's you know, they went with uh they also wanted to go with the uh hometown guy too. That's something else to think about. I think we've underestimated the uh going back to the hometown.
1: I lost Charlie. Or did I lose myself? I'd been having wi uh, wifi issues. I'll uh, read the next one while I'm waiting for Charlie to come back. Jason Clark. Oh, there's Charlie. <laughs> I thought that might've been made. You got volume I'm back. Yeah, you do have volume. Okay. So I was just about to read the next one, but I'll, I'll yep. start over. So Jason Clark on Twitter says Michael Walker Will be the 2022 Cy Young winner.
0: Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It's it's a hot take, but uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: We would love to see it, you know. So we'll we'll give you sure. that. But the interesting thing about it is, I think the reason we signed Michael Walker was because we saw what Toronto did with Robbie Ray who did win the Cy Young. And we would have laughed at anyone's prediction of that a year ago. But, you know, so we, we gave him a very similar $8 million deal that, that Ray got. So we're hoping to kind of cash in on that. The Dodgers did a, a similar move with Andrew Heaney because they liked certain, you know, metrics with him. And, and so, so we're all trying to recreate the next Robbie Ray. But you don't see that happen too often. Andrew Udermark, man, we've got some really complicated names, and I apologize because I probably botched them all to to all you guys, and uh, I apologize for that. But um, he says the Red Sox will finish fourth. Dot dot dot. Sadly, so that that's probably about where you are if you're below five hundred.
0: Yep, unfortunately,
1: that's that's kind of where my head's at. Just above Baltimore. Beantown sports on Twitter says Blue Jays and Red Sox have the best records in the American League. So he's on the really optimistic end. That might be Andrew's burner account. Maybe <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Shout out to our co host. Uh we hope we hope Beantown Sports is right because the some people tell me this on Twitter. Perhaps you've gotten it a time or two we tend to be negative and and really hard on the front office. Absolutely. And they they accuse us of of rooting for the team to be bad, which is totally false. We did 35,000 downloads in the month of October during that playoff run. We want that every year. So, you know, Absolutely. Just just to be clear, we are we are rooting for ourselves to be wrong here. Um yep. all right. Next one. This is a long one. I haven't even read it. So let's we'll see how it goes. It might be an adventure. Scott Nelson on Twitter says: Socks don't make any big moves or sign any free agents before the season starts. Alex Cora figures out a way to somehow be in contention for the division. They make moves mid-season before the trade deadline. Paxton gets into good form and helps make a run into the playoffs. So that would be a similar path to 2021 if it happens. Yeah, that'd be nice. The, Oh, and then he, he added a second one. Scott Nelson again goes, I guess this isn't a hot take. (laughs) Tanner Houck world series MVP. A lot of big Tanner Houck uh, fans. In our You know,
0: tonight. uh I mean, if anyone had said which odds of Jorge Soler being the NL, you know, MVP of, of that World Series, would anybody have said yes? I think you would have had maybe one out of 100. So it could
1: happen. Next, the overweight underdog, which is actually one of our YouTube hosts, Jeremy chimes in and says, Bloom is getting his ass beat by the league and is total crap that they had to come out and say the luxury tax plays no part in their decision. So that's always a big fib to me. Like they have no intentions. I'm with Jeremy, no intentions of exceeding the luxury tax.
0: Nope. but I, I've already shared my opinion about, about Heimbloom. You know, this is, this is just someone who does not want to spend money. He's a, he's a a pick planner. He, he just plans to do things with his picks and that's his thing. Like that's his way. He doesn't want to spend and create these mega deals or, or contracts of 150, 250 million. He, he does not want that. He wants to step away from that.
1: I don't disagree. Chris Van D says, this is a hot take. Sale is traded before the all star break. Now, before we get into that, he would have to waive his no trade clause,
0: wow. right? So, um, I, I don't see that happening. That would be insane if it did. Um, that would be astounding if that happens.
1: Yeah, I that's probably in the one to two percent chance range, but we'll see. Behind the monster's wall on Twitter. I think he hit the enter button a little too soon because the tweet just says this extend Devers is one. So probably is one priority or maybe priority. Number one. (laughs)
0: I I think that's what he meant to say, or he, she meant to say, um, I, I, that makes, that makes more sense.
1: And Bloom did say today, I don't have the tweet in front of me. So I guess I'm paraphrasing he said that he was really excited about some of the moves that they're chasing. And he said this to Tom Karen, so it was not in his press conference. But some of the right. moves that they're chasing, and they do, ex- uh, they do expect to start extension talks by the end of spring training. So who are they talking about uh, extending? Last year, it was Matt Barnes- How's that? How's right. that
0: looking? Yeah. Yeah. No, if, if that ends up being the case and I mean, here's the thing, as far as like getting excited about picks and moves and stuff, you either have to add Freddie Freeman or you have to extend Rafi Devers. If you haven't done that, you failed. You have failed.
1: Uh, Devers so is, up. is one candidate and that's the one we're all hoping for. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, another extension candidate. I'd rather wait, watch him pitch this season and not, make another Chris Sale mistake, watch him blow out his elbow in July after we gave him a contract. Um right. or another a shoulder injury perhaps. Um so I'm trying to think JD conceivably could be an extension candidate, but I I think they kind of want to move on from him um at least by the end of the season. So we we'll, we'll see, we'll see what uh arises from all that, but I just uh got it back. All right. Not a hot take. Sheffield Shuffler on Twitter says Blue Jays run away with the AL East. I mean, I I'm, I'm picking them to go to the World Series. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh WHS Raider. I'm assuming that's a high school football team. WHS Raider 29 actually says, "Not sure if this is a hot take, but I don't think Heim Bloom will make any major moves." He seems to have a lot of trust in our farm system and doesn't seem to be in win-now mode.
0: Uh, Dodgers got Freddie Freeman. Breaking news. (laughs) Dodgers have got Freddie Freeman. Seven-year deal. Okay. Uh, Just coming in now. Um, That's what's being talked about right now. It appears I'm just checking out the war room right now. Dodgers got Freddie seven years.
1: So we don't have a dollar amount.
0: Wow. We, we don't have a dollar amount uh, waiting right now. Okay. Uh, but that just happened. That is 11 o'clock on Wednesday, the 16th. Freddie Freeman has selected the Dodgers.
1: That's it. Okay. Well,
0: I said this 3 days ago. This was going to happen. It was only a matter of time.
1: So the bummer about that is our whole middle segment is kind of null and void. So <laughs> we're 54 minutes yeah. in, so we're not going to uh start over, but nope. um not shocked and we we just said in the last probably 30 minutes or so that we felt the Dodgers were were the front runners. So where does, where do we go? Like where Bobby Dahlbeck and Tristan Casas are definitely our first baseman. And I think the priorities are the same as we thought they were before the rumors came out. You're looking for a decent hitting, durable second baseman, or you're looking for a corner outfielder again
0: yep um, uh, I'm still uh, checking right now to see if there's a, a monetary amount and uh, I haven't seen anyone post it hasn't hasn't come on uh, any of the major guys that we've been following um, I'm still waiting but uh, apparently there's some some news in the war room that say that uh, he got it
1: so for the Dodgers, that puts Freeman at first base. Max Muncy, I'm guessing will go to second base. I think that's what he came up at. I'm pulling up the Dodgers depth chart right now. Go to the ESPN depth chart. Got it right here. So, all right. So, yeah, Muncy probably goes to to second, I'm assuming. Chris Taylor is uh, slated as their second baseman, but he can go to the outfield. And when you're looking at their outfield, uh, Cody Bellinger and AJ Pollock, you got to figure you got 2 injury prone guys there. So, so either way, Taylor becomes the super utility guy. Trey Turner, still your shortstop, Justin Turner, even though he's a hundred years old, still your third baseman. So, that's what the uh, the infield for the Dodgers will look like. So no big shock there. We really want that damn dollar amount, though, don't we?
0: We definitely do. So I'm uh, sitting by, just texted one of our co-hosts to see. Uh, he posted it. I'm just curious to see where. Um, you mentioned at least we aren't paying seven years of Freddie. So you think it was 7-217? What do you think?
1: Well, it's got to be between 25 and 30. So it would be 175 to 210.
0: Try 150.
1: That's what it ended up being.
0: Freddie, Freddie Freeman and Dodgers deep talks. So it's not official. And that I do apologize. It looks like it is deep talks, but the deal is expected to get done. 150 million uh not seven years uh, of overpay so that was just what the Red sox would sort have of had to do it looks like the do- the Braves went five for a buck 50. that's that's possible uh again just speculative we are not 100 percent sure um but uh it's a couple couple people are saying uh 150 but if other teams want to get them uh like the, the Rays, for example, offered six. The Red Sox allegedly went seven. Um
1: where are you seeing that?
0: Uh Morosi posted it. John Morosi. So that's the he's posting um Dodgers and Freddie Freeman are deep in talks tonight on a deal worth 150 million.
1: Who who posted that the Red Sox were in it for seven?
0: Uh, um
1: I'm not seeing
0: it. Actually, no. Job, it was quick, very quick read. Job was saying, at least we aren't paying oh, seven. At least we aren't giving him seven. I, okay. Right, right. That was a quick read.
1: So what... Let me pull up my calculator here. 150 divided by seven. So that would be $21.5 million roughly per season would be the AAV on that.
0: If he goes what?
1: If it's 150 over seven years.
0: Oh no no it's it's it looks like it's it's five.
1: Oh, it's five.
0: It's five. Yeah, it's thirty mil.
1: Oh, 30 mil per year. All right. Yeah, it's a that good makes, deal for him. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of what I thought he was going to get. Um, still waiting. Just still patiently waiting.
1: That's a that's a big middle finger to the Padres too. By the way, they lose Tatis. They were in on Suzuki. They were in on Freeman. Dodgers get Freeman and you have to say that they're probably the front runners again in the AL uh, NL West. Let me pull that.
0: He just wrote if completed Freddie Freeman's contract with the Dodgers could exceed 150 million.
1: I was seeing that on MLB trade rumors. So I, yeah, we could be jumping the gun on the amount, but it doesn't look like it's going to be over two. Let's say, I, I think we'd be surprised about that. Andrew just shared a tweet in the war room. So
0: Yep. If completed, Freddie Freeman's contract with the Dodgers could exceed 150 mil.
1: Okay. So he's sharing what we know already. Um, all right. Let me uh, go back to the hot takes here. Even half of the hot takes are um, null and void at this point. Right. I really yep. thought we were in the clear for the night when we came on. A minute before close, man.
0: A minute before close. I, I didn't think
1: that I didn't think that a, a significant player would sign tonight, but let me actually look at the Dodgers rotation. So Bueller is their number one, Urias is their number two. And then it goes Gonzalez, Heaney and Bauer if he pitches. Like that's a that's a touchy subject, Trevor Bauer, but if any rotation in baseball needs Trevor Bauer, <laughs> that's the one right now. Cause right after Urias uh, or Urias, it kind of gets it, a little ugly. It does. It really does. Yep. I yep. don't think they're going to be able to fix Andrew Heaney. I think he's going to get lit up pretty. Bad. I don't know
0: what's going to happen with that. And that's also Blake Trainin is uh, he's the closer because uh, currently Kenley Jensen is not with the team. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm curious. I
1: wonder if they could perhaps make a trade. Uh, Oakland is got a couple of guys that we mentioned. The Reds would probably love to unload Luis Castillo for the right package. So um not a lot of teams to pick from though if if you're trying to find someone cuz there's so many that are that really are trying to compete. Right. So, yeah, let's uh Let's finish up the hot takes. Maybe we'll get a few more details on Urius. i got to go back to Twitter, though. Bear with me, everyone. All right. Got the tweet. We were towards the bottom of it anyway. All right. So Matt, no, excuse me, Mad Matt Beyond Thunderhome. That's a hell of a Twitter name. Says Jaron Duran and Tristan Casas will be busts. Most prospects turn out to be fool's gold. I agree with him on Duran. I'm going to disagree on Casas.
0: I. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to sound
1: negative again. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Charlie is not sold on Casas. Well, I, I think
0: I just like it, it just would have made so much sense. If you have Freeman there, you give Casas a little bit more time. I don't want to rush him and then have the same thing happen to Bobby Dalbeck because before Bobby Dahlbeck arrived, I was like, let's go. Bobby Dahlbeck's going to be a star. And then he, I mean, he did hit, he did hit, he did mash a little bit, but he, there were moments where it was like, Oh God, please don't, please don't, please no, please pinch it for him. I just, I'm, I'm nervous that they're going to rush him too. I just, I'm nervous. That's what it comes down to. I don't want them to do the same thing twice.
1: Right. Uh, John Richter says, has Heim gone AWOL? Nope, he's definitely there, just not making the moves <laughs> we want. Pretty much, yes. T underscore MCM underscore T. Not sure what all that symbolizes, but he says, Sox take Hosmer, Myers, and a stud prospect as part of a salary dump And then, oh, then the Padres signed Freeman and the Sox flip prospects for Mata. So, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately, like most of the show, a little outdated. Um, Ethan Mengel says, trade JD, Devers to DH, Dahlbeck to third base, Casas at first base. You could see it in the second half by the deadline, but... uh, Tr- hit me with that again. You said trade JD
0: Devers to DH Dahlbeck oh. to third Casas
1: first. Yeah. And, and third base is Dahlbeck's natural position. So,
0: well, I mean, the added bonus is you don't have to see any more flub ups from uh, Devers at DH. So I could see that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a bad alignment. You, you, Assuming, you know, Dahlbeck's hitting and, and Cossus is, is also hitting. I love the, uh, the handle for this one. It, it, his handle says, one more for the bad guy. Now, Charlie, that's not going to resonate a- with you. That's uh, Scott Hall. That's Scott Hall. Okay, I didn't think you uh, you were up on your '90s WWE, but no, uh, man, that was uh, that was uh, Scott Hall. He had the little little Jerry
0: Curl coming right down the top with the mullet in the back. Oh yeah, what did, what did his uh, belt say? He was the Nitro intercont- or
1: something. He was the Intercontinental Champion in the WWE. Yeah, but
0: he, but his his uh, his bottom said something. It was was it Nitro? What did it say? I don't know. He had a word on it. I remember seeing that in pictures, but he had the long, it always, his hair always looked like it was wet.
1: Yeah. And always it was, looked super wet. Yeah. He passed away uh, two days ago. Apparently uh, a few weeks ago, he had a nasty fall. I couldn't find the details on why he fell and then uh, broke his hip and then had surgery and then died of basically complications from the surgery, had some heart attacks and um, went on life support and they, They uh, took him off of it, and he passed on Monday, I believe. So RIP to Scott Hall. But what uh, this gentleman on Twitter was saying was, uh, do we forget JD was good last year? If you try to move Devers to DH now, just consider him gone. Guy is still young, and you're trying to cut his long-term earnings huge by that.
0: And we have... Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Another piece of breaking news: Ken Rosenthal, Freddie Freeman in serious talks with the Dodgers. It's now looking at six years and 160 million. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you, but it looks like it's slowly starting to get a little bit higher.
1: It's it's ticking upwards. Right. So let's uh, let's see what that ends up being. That's less than 30. Right. So 160 divided by at six. Twenty-six, seven. 26, seven. Yep. That's yeah. uh, still a, a nice payday for a guy who's about to be 33. I'll take it. So, uh, I already, my apologies. Oh, here we go. I do have it up. Um, so he's talking about Devers getting upset. If you go to DH and I agree with that. I don't think that would happen before an extension was signed because he would go kicking and screaming his agents would have a problem with it. And I'm going to stand by my hot take on the last show. He could get moved. If this isn't a, a good season and, and we're sellers at the deadline, he could be part right. of that. Right. And the Red we'll Sox see. the Red Sox, will say something like, oh, we tried to extend him but just couldn't make it work, even though it probably wouldn't have been a serious effort to do so. But, right. uh, yeah, I, I can – I can definitely see that, but I think realistically, you know, JD gets moved, and then Dahlbeck and Casas probably rotate, you know, in and out of DH and first base, something like that. And uh, you can give Vasquez kind of half a night off, let him DH with Pulawski catching and and all that. Uh, all right, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck's number one fan says. Trading Dahlbeck would be a mistake. He has so much raw potential in his power that we have to at least ride it out until Casas is ready.
0: I think that's an interesting take. I'll say that much. Um, I I was so against Bobby Dahlbeck last year. I'm, I'm going to have to stick with my gut. I don't want to sound like a wishy-washy host. Um, I was for trading him last year, and if there's an opportunity to trade him and get a, a bat of the future, I think that's something that we should look into. Last year, he struck out an ugly percentage. It was uh, like 40% of his at-bats. It was our very own Joey Gallo from the the right side of the dish and uh, not as many home runs. So uh, for me, I just, I don't know. I, I, if, if an opportunity to trade Bobby Dahlbeck presents itself, I would most certainly be okay with that, yourself, Terry.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think Dahlbeck will be the first baseman until Casas is ready. The question becomes: after Casas comes up and starts to prove himself, then do you trade right. him? And I, I think at that point, it's um, it's a distinct possibility. Let's put it that way. So we got two more left. One of them is from the boy who loved Joe Kelly, which is actually Patrick, who is another host on our YouTube channel. So as always, check that out. He is the contrarian here on this subject and says, Bobby Dahlbeck will be the best player on the Red Sox in 2024. So oh, in three years, he'll be the best. I would be shocked if he's still here in three years as we were just I don't alluding. Think
0: so to yeah, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. So, and then, uh, oh, and then Bobby Dahlbeck's number one fan, who we read two tweets ago, chimed in on, on Patrick's tweet and says, uh, and 2022 and 2023. So he thinks he's going to be the best all three. But final one, this comes from Chase Squires. Now, I had I had a similar idea last year with Nathan Avaldi. So he's going to make his pitch this year for Chris Sale. He says, Thoughts on getting some value out of a bad contract. He says, Boston needs a closer. Sale can't stay healthy. So, dot, 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 make sale the closer. And then he says, now that we're paying gazillions, not that what we're paying gazillions for, because he's a starter, but he'd be lights out and maybe stay healthy, basically longer. So, do you think that's ever a scenario that will come up? I, oh man,
0: I, I'm i still trying to get my mind around the, the Bobby back in three years bit because I've given him so much grief. Uh, I think only once or twice have I ever given him like props.
1: I don't know. Do you? I think we're at least a year or two away from that and I think he's got three years left. But if he just can't figure it out and he's just, he's going to be 90 pitches by the end of the fourth inning anyway, I, I think it, it does become a valid question.
0: What's the, what was the statement that you made earlier today? Four innings is the new six innings anyways. So
1: if you did that and you did your job, I didn't say that, but that does sound like something that would get said in the war room. Uh, somebody said it then I could have sworn somebody said it.
0: Um I,
1: he's he has to figure it out. I mean, he's already he's shown that he can. I'm a I'm a skeptic, but I'm rooting for it. I mean, I'm a Chris Sale fan, but he fingers crossed. I got
0: my Sale jersey. You already know I have it sitting in the closet. I'm just patiently waiting to bring that out. Um God, and that that's the other thing too is if he if he doesn't come back with the amount of money that he's still owed, it's going to hurt. And it's, it's gonna, it, it, it's, it's going to be borderline like having David price again, where you're going to be, you know, to some degree, David price again, paid $16 million to not play for the Red Sox. We right. could potentially in theory be paying $30 million for Chris sale to pitch half a season. So that's almost the same thing. It hurts. I just, I feel like there are times where I'm negative and i got to try to be positive, and certain players I have to always be positive. Chris Sale is one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, Price is like, he'd be like number four that the Red Sox are paying the most money to behind Sale, Bogarts, and Avaldi, I think. Right. So it's a little ridiculous. I don't know
0: who's making more. I don't know who's making more, because I think this is uh,
1: 2022
0: is the last year of the David Price saga. This is it.
1: Yeah, and you know what? He wasn't listed on the Dodgers depth chart. Let me look again. Maybe he's in the bullpen, because that's interesting. In the
0: meantime, I'm still reading uh, online to see uh, if any news came. I I can look at that, too.
1: Yeah. He's not listed, uh, at least on that depth chart, but... Bob Nightingale just had a tweet, so he's just confirming that um, the Dodgers are signing Freeman. Yep. Yeah, and Rosenthal's 160 is the most recent, so we're just going to have to go with that for now. So, weird show, but um, the uh, we can put those rumors to rest. And uh, it'll be interesting in the next 24 hours if we find out the Red Sox were in it at all. But but uh... I'm I'm I'm, I'm currently right now just been just literally perusing and reading
0: some of the comments. Um, There's one of the guys who just wrote Dodger fans aren't going to be happy with first half Freddie. So does he take a little bit of time to get warm? I don't that's never something I've really looked at with Freddie Freeman. Does he does he take a little bit of time?
1: Uh I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, so we will wrap on that note. We could be back tomorrow, perhaps the night after. Uh, Whenever news breaks, we'll be back to cover it. So hopefully you guys are enjoying your baseball overdose uh, this week. There are going to be four shows a week during the regular season, not counting emergency podcasts for – big developments that happen so um so we're just glad to be back and hope you're enjoying it and have a good rest of your week take care